so, um, you know, in the midst of COVID-19, we're in the midst of pretty much everything else that's happening as well. Uh, most certainly still not okay, just in case anybody wants to ask. I'm glad to answer. Um, I'm blessed. I have the authority of Christ. Um, I'm covered. So with that, it is well with my soul. I have joy. But again, I'm not okay. Um, I just wanted to be brief. Uh, because in life, I understand that we operate in things that are by design and not by default. Um, what that means is, uh, my pastor talked about it years ago. Uh, basically you do not settle for things. <laughs> no, no, we just got started. Um, my boy Tyrone, um, and Daniel Ballard, bro, we need to catch up in a real way. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to come on and, and talk about this briefly again. Uh, again, where was I? Yeah. Life, not by design. I mean, life by design, not by default. Um, you have a standard, you have a bar, you keep that bar high. You do not settle for anything underneath it. There are seasons when you have to chew on mediocrity. Um, and of course they suck, but the Bible does say, uh, don't, um, despise the day of small beginnings. So there's that. Anyway, um, I just wanted to bring something to light. I posted something probably like six days ago, um, in reference to understanding, uh, something that happened regarding, uh, world war two vets that were African Americans, VA benefits that they, uh, were not able to receive. Uh, or that they were supposed to receive, but they were not given. And if you guys want to, you can check it out. Um, it came from history.com. Uh, there's there's no real bias involved in that. Um, and I just wanted people to see it because this is a season of education. This is a season of learning. Um, and if I can go on a two-second rabbit trail, I just want a lot of people to understand out there. And I guess maybe even this is just my Caucasian brothers and sisters initially. Uh, but this season... Um, that we are in right now of what we would like to call racial conciliation because this ain't reconciliation. Um, we never got to a point of reconciling anything because there was nothing to reconcile. Um, I'll leave that there. And if you want to talk about it, we got plenty of time. Uh, but yeah, uh, racial conciliation as we are in this season. Uh, I just want people to understand the history that they missed. Um, and I want them to understand the importance of that history uh, so that we can begin the process of repairing relationships and starting that real process of conciling conciliation uh, so that we can get to a point where one day this stuff is no longer a conversation. I think that's what everybody desires. I would hope that that's what everybody desires. Um, if they don't, then so be it. I understand. But I think for the masses, uh, public opinion would have it that, you know, if you are a believer, for sure, number one. Um, and, and, and God is your God and Jesus is your Lord and your savior, uh, that, you know, you, you must abide by, um, the word that he has given us. And that word is an amazing and an awesome word, but it causes all of us, no matter what you look like, no matter who you are to struggle in some way, shape, form or fashion, because it gives you something that goes against the will of your flesh. Uh, that is why we die to self. That is why we are supposed to take up our cross daily and follow him. And we're supposed to renew our minds. And y'all get the whole point. Y'all get, get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Okay, cool. So uh, that being said, in me designing my life, 
and making sure that things do not happen by default. I know that there are some times where there are certain things that are beyond my control. And um, in a certain instance yesterday, uh, the post that I put out um, had individuals whom I love dearly across the board, everybody, um, but had individuals who had certain viewpoints that went against people who had other viewpoints. And that's going to happen. It's just natural. You know, I'm not expecting everybody to be on the same page. I'm not expecting everything to be a kumbaya moment. Um, but I know this. And before I go any further, I will say this about myself. I know I'm not perfect. <clears throat> but when I am engaging anybody in conversation on Facebook, you can go and check uh, or any other platform. Um, I do my best to be honoring. I do my best to be respectful. I do my best to always make sure that they know that they are loved before I present an opinion because love still has an opinion. Jesus had an opinion, but Jesus loves everybody. Um, and so, you know, I always make sure that I do that on their page and I would have the understanding that that same thing would happen on mine. Well, 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 um, <clears throat> I'm not upset. I'm not angry, uh, but I am disappointed. And it just, uh, kind of launched within me uh, a desire. I have no idea why, because I hate doing stuff like this. Yeah, I love my podcast, but I'm not one who wants to get up and just have conversations on social media. Uh, just it's not me anyway. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but yeah, um, things were said. Things were actually probably still being said. I have no idea. And I'm not going to take it down because I'm not one of those people who deletes things. Um, and to be honest with you, it wasn't even the worst thing that I've seen. Uh, I've seen some really horrible stuff on this platform. Um, and it has, it's really, really upsetting and it's really, really disappointing because uh, uh, I don't think that's what Facebook is supposed to be all about in the first place. Uh, neither here nor there. I do know um, that I do not want desire and I will not tolerate anything like that happening on my page again and now this is not a soapbox stance this is more so a desire uh, to encourage um, everybody out there uh, and if you've been one of those people if I'm stepping on your toes I love you you're getting your toes stepped on that's just the bottom line um, and then so I just wanted to very very quickly uh, reference uh, something that I use in my life to help me uh, continue that understanding um, and it's in Matthew chapter 18. There's actually a couple of sections that I want to go to, um, but they're both pretty much right in line with each other. Um, it's all about dealing with sin in the church. We can have that conversation another time. Um, but it says specifically, uh, number one, uh, in verse 17, and this is Jesus talking. Um, he says, if they still refuse to listen, so we can already you know, you know exactly where I'm going with this because on Facebook, people refuse to listen. Um, I don't mind people having an opinion and expressing that opinion uh, as long as they would like to turn around and maybe uh, listen to somebody else's and be able to think about that. Um, because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that that is how communication occurs. Um, and communication is the only way. Uh, that things are going to be fully understood so that you can actually process things. Um, I say it this way. Conversation is the key turn to comprehension. Um, and so if you're not conversing, if you're not sharing dialogue, then you're pretty much 
uh, in your own echo chamber, spewing your own facts that you've heard in your own environment. Um, and they may be really good facts. They may be really good information, but they are not the only information and they may not be the best. And you won't know that unless you take the time to educate yourself by having a conversation moving on. Anyway, verse 17, uh, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, and this is the part that I want to get at, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Um, now here's the deal. We look at that and we see, okay, treat them as we would a pagan or a tax collector. Um, and in the natural and in the United States of America, especially, um, this will be deemed the individual that you would see as, uh, at best pompous, but most likely underhanded, uh, demeaning, doing stuff that you wouldn't want them doing or just atrocious, uh, having no cooth, whatever the case may be. Um, and what do we normally do? How do we normally treat these people? Yeah, we, we treat them, um, like we think they deserve to be treated. That's the best answer I can give you. But think about it like this for a second. If we look in the Bible and we see Jesus and his interaction and his interface with a pagan or a tax collector, ooh, yeah, it it doesn't quite line up with what we're talking about here. Every time I take a look at Jesus and a tax collector, let's see Zacchaeus, for example, he's, he's, a, he's a tax collector, right? That's my dog. He just wanted to holler at you right quick. Um, yeah, Zacchaeus is a tax collector. We see what happened with him. We see how his interface and his interaction with Jesus led to his repentance, to him being able to pay back double anybody who he had actually taken anything from, or let's take it a step further. And this is another one I really want to talk about one day. We can talk about Matthew. Matthew's a tax collector. Matthew is also one of the 12 disciples. And we know that before Matthew became a disciple, he was doing some things he probably should not have been doing. Because that's the whole point of being a tax collector at that time and in that culture. So if we're, this must mean, yeah. Took a little, love my dog. It also means that my wife is probably home. Uh, yep, yep, my wife is home. <clears throat> or else he would not be that excited. So praise the Lord. Sorry for the interruption. And we're back. So if we're talking about pagans again, for example, we're talking about a pagan like, I don't know, uh, there's the woman at the well. Uh, there's the woman caught in the act of adultery. I think it's very interesting that we have pagans that are women often when Jesus encounters them. Uh, that becomes an issue as well. Um, what do we see him doing with those individuals? We see him casting stones. We see him condemning them. No, we don't. We don't at all. What do we see? We see him defending them. We see him standing up for them. Uh, we see him doing a variety of things that do not resemble any type of condemnation. Plus, there's a reminder that I think we're all sinners when it comes down to it. And we all probably have some pagan properties about ourselves. And last I checked, even though we are sinners, if we're believers, Romans 8, 1 says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, that is something that we as a culture are probably wrestling and need to continue to wrestle with, uh, because it means that we may be treating individuals, even if they're believers or not believers, um, doesn't matter. We are treating them 
the way that Christ probably would not treat them. And what you're also saying is that means that being like Christ is not a part of being Christian. And that just doesn't make any sense. So I'm going to ask you when you are approaching people whose views you don't agree with. Um, and in some cases, you probably think of them the way that individuals in the Bible thought about pagans or thought about tax collectors. What are you doing when you treat them that way? Who are you being like when you treat them that way? Yeah. Pagan properties, Avery Atkinson. We all definitely have pagan properties. So, okay. And that's, that's really all I want to say about that. And then the last thing I want to say is a couple of verses up. Um, <clears throat> verse 15, again, in the same section, again, Jesus still talking, saying, if your brother or sister sins, Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. All right. So that's already an issue concerning Facebook because is it really between the two of you? No, it's not. Um, this is why you're also good to do things like, I don't know, at least send somebody a private message, have a conversation via text message, make a phone call, sit down, have coffee. Really good idea. Um, I don't know. Just I'm, I'm going to leave that there. Uh, but yeah, just the two of you. Then if they listen to you and listen to this part right here, this is the part that matters the most to me. You have won them over. So I posted something yesterday um, and I didn't put any Bible to it because I didn't feel like it needed to have any Bible to it. Uh, but it is a bottom line understanding that when you're having a conversation with somebody and it's a debate or it's an argument, even the design is not to win the argument. It's never just to prove that you are right. The design is to win the person. And this creates a complexity of nuances for conversations that people have concerning how they feel about things, their opinions, their subject matter, right and wrong truth. We can talk about things like economics, politics, religion. We can talk about a variety of things. Um, but when we have those conversations, I know that there's one guarantee. It's going to be awkward. Let me tell you why. It's going to be awkward because... If you already know that this is a person that you don't agree with and the only type of experience that you have conversing with an individual like that is over keystrokes on a social media platform on your laptop or your phone, then you don't really know how to have a conversation with them. And that's more so I, I feel bad because it's most likely a strike against uh, our younger generations. And, you know, if that's the case, my bad, I'm sorry. However, this is what I've also noticed. Um, it's not just them anymore. Oh, it's not just them at all. Um, in light of recent events, you can see anybody of virtually any age hopping up on social media and having a conversation with somebody expressing their viewpoint and tearing everyone else down in the process. And I do mean everyone. Um, and in the time that they do that, they've managed to dismantle relationships that I, I hope that they didn't want to have or keep. Um, and it's all because 
they feel so strongly about what they feel. And I don't have a problem with people feeling strongly about how they feel. I do have a problem when you abide by the rules and the guidelines of our current culture, which says friend or foe. There's no in between. There's no middle ground. And that just does not make sense. If you look at the Bible again, and I guess I'll even talk about this for two seconds. Revisit the 12 disciples and ask me in our current culture, would it make sense for a businessman to have to do life with somebody who we know is going to take all of their money in taxes or somebody who doesn't agree with their religious views and values uh, or, you know, just a variety of things. And here's the reason why is because if you look at the 12 disciples and you look at the character of each, you begin to notice that there's a pattern that none of them virtually have anything in common. None of them. Again, Matthew was a tax collector. Guess what that means? That means that Peter and his brother are not huge fans of his because Peter had a business as a fisherman, meaning that he had to give all his money and then some to Matthew. Um, or let's talk about the fact that Matthew and Simon the Zealot would not get along as well because uh, in accordance to the understanding, I think Matthew was a Pharisee. I could be wrong, but for the most part, um, we're, we're in that realm. Uh, but Simon is a zealot. And Simon, that really just probably didn't get along with nobody. Um, but all of these people continue to walk and have a relationship with Jesus on a daily basis, which means that they all had to do life with each other. And I don't mean that they probably weren't cracking at each other as well. I can see Simon. I mean, excuse me. I can see um, Peter and his brother probably saying, yo, Matthew, you got the bill anytime they go out to eat because they know Matthew had all the money. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to break things down like that. And if you think about the difference or the indifference of each character in the 12 disciples, then you recognize very quickly that, yeah, they should not have gotten along. They should not have done life with each other. They should not have done a variety of things that they did. But because they were all with Jesus and because they were all doing life with him and an understanding of who he was in their lives, they were able to lay that down, contextualize. We in the United States of America are a variety of things. We are Gen Zers. We are millennials. <clears throat> we are Gen Xers. We are boomers. We sorry. That's a disrespectful statement. Whatever. Um, we are Democrat. We are Republican. We apparently are birthday party, which I'm praying is not really a thing. Um, we are never Trumpers. That's a thing that's also starting to come up. Uh, we are <laughs> you name it. We are it. That's the bottom line. Um, and even in the midst of all that, guess what? Jesus still loved all of us. Yes. Christ is the common denominator. Jesus still loves all of us in spite of us. And what this automatically means for each and every one of us, I said, I was going to try and keep this at 20. We're about to be at 20. So I'll probably be wrapping up. What that means for all of us is that there's a moment in time where we have to learn how to take a look inside of ourselves and realize are our beliefs, opinions, the stances that we take, are they so, so a part of us that we neglect 
the identity that Christ gave us before we ever realized any of that other stuff about ourselves. I will gladly tell you about me and everything about me. But at the end of the day, it means nothing if Christ is asking me to yield it for any reason in any situation at any particular point in time. And that is my understanding. You may not agree with that, but guess what? If you're a believer in Jesus, you have no choice but to yield to his words in the process. And remember, these are his words verbatim that I just read. Okay, it's in the NLT or the NIV, but nonetheless, if you look in the Greek, I'm pretty sure it says something absolutely similar. This is not a game, man, because at the end of the day, what is happening right now is the same thing that me, my boy Dev, uh, Justice, my entire squad, um, it's what we it's what we abide by. Uh, we abide by the fact that the words of Christ should be center, not first, center. They should be at the center of everything we do, everything we think, everything we everything, period. Um, and because they're not, uh, we are in a nation that, I mean, everybody's heard it over and over again. I'm not saying anything that's new or shock. We're in a nation of division. We are in a nation where one is pitted against another. Um, people literally are producing rhetoric to put one against the other. Um, we don't have time to go into that one, but I could break that down all day. Uh, and uh, what we are seeing is the fruit of that. And it's manifesting in a lot of very interesting ways. And one of those ways, guess what? Just so happens to be Facebook. Hmm. So. <clears throat> Since I saw that yesterday and I knew in my heart that I never want to see it on my page again, I will have conversations with those individuals specifically. I will um, because I don't like putting people on blast and no, don't go check out my page because that's not what this is all about. If you've read it already, you've read it. If you've seen it, you've seen it. That's cool. But do know this. Number one. Anybody ever going to do it on my page again. And if they do, I mean, that just means you prove you're petty and I'll do what I got to do. And that's perfectly fine because I'm not going to sit up here and let that bother me. But I'm also still not going to let that be a part of my norm. Um, Christ's norm was to have arguments that mattered and really meant something. He went to war with the Pharisees because he loved them, not because he was trying to prove them wrong. <laughs> um. You know, he went to war with the disciples because he loved them, not because he was trying to prove them wrong. You know, they asked him all kinds of questions. They got on his last nerve. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, pretty little bow on this is, is simply this. If you and your world feel the need to object so that you can get your point across to the point that you have put yourself in a situation where you are losing the love, the honor, the respect of any loved one no matter who they are for whatever reason. Um, and you know, in your heart that the representation that you present is not truly Christ like. And if you don't know that for yourself, not a problem, please go back and revisit his words um, and study them and study them carefully. Uh, but if you are able to determine that you are sowing more discord in your life, than you are promoting peace. Then I beg you to reconsider the posts that you post or the stance that you post or the way that you post, whatever it is, because you might be 100 percent right. But in the way that you do it, I can guarantee you many of us are 200 percent wrong. 
Um, so that being said, I digress. Uh, I'm going to go, but just know, A, I love each and every one of y'all. Uh, B, we are praying continually for anybody who has COVID. Please keep my sister lifted. We're praying for this nation. Um, and we are, of course, praying again for racial conciliation because there was nothing to reconcile. Uh, we just need to pray for our world as a whole, of course. Um, but yeah, please pray over that. If you need contact me, I'm glad to have a conversation about it. Uh, but just know again, Jesus at the center. That's my bottom line. Uh, love each and every one of y'all again. Can't say it enough. Please be safe. Wash those hands. We'll holler at you. One love. Easy.